You're listening to episode 23 of the Fat Fueled Female Podcast. Welcome to the Fat Fueled Female Podcast. I'm your host, Marsha Chow, a holistic nutritionist, personal trainer, and proud dog mama of two. I am obsessed with helping women achieve their goals, feel confident in their skin, and become empowered health advocates. This podcast is designed to help ambitious women thrive on a low-carb, high-fat lifestyle, so tune in each week as we talk all aspects of nutrition, improving your fitness, enhancing your mindset so that you can take inspired action and live your best life all starting from the inside out. I'm so happy to have you here. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Fat Field Female Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and taking time out of your day to expand your mind and learn some interesting and applicable facts as well as actionable steps you can take to live an even healthier, more fulfilled lifestyle. So let's talk about carbs, 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 carbs. So carbs are not, are not an essential macronutrient to eat. So what does essential mean? Essential means that it's not endogenously, which means internally. It's not internally made in the body. So you are required to obtain these essential, essential, essential nutrients externally from your nutrition and from your diet. So there are essential amino acids, which are proteins, essential fatty acids, which are fat, but there are no essential carbohydrates. So let's talk about protein and fat first before we dive into carbs. So protein amino acids I like to explain them to explain them as like Christmas lights. Think of like strings of Christmas lights that you're putting around your Christmas tree. Those are strings of amino acids which make up protein. So proteins, essentially amino acids, are the entire building blocks of our body. Our entire body is made up of muscle. There are there is skeletal muscle cardiac muscle and smooth muscle. So skeletal muscle, we all know what that is. It's the muscle on your bones, like flex your bicep, engage your quadricep muscle, the muscle of your the muscles of your legs. And then there is cardiac muscle, the muscle of the heart, the muscle of your beautiful heart center. Then there is smooth muscle. Now smooth muscle is your entire digestive tract. Because food goes from your mouth, you chew up the food, and it goes all the way through down the esophagus, stomach, small intestine, large intestine. Obviously, that is so oversimplified. And then down through the anus, and you get a bowel movement, right? All of that happens through peristalsis, which is smooth muscle contraction and, of course, gravity. So anyways, let's get back to amino acids. There are nine of them what that means that are essential. Now, what that means is the body cannot make them internally. So you are required to obtain those essential amino acids from your nutrition, from your diet. And the best sources of all essential amino acids are ethically raised animal sources because they contain all nine And the bioavailability is 
so much higher from an animal source compared to a vegan or a vegetarian source, right? So the bioavailability is like 80, 90, 95%, whereas to create a complete protein, you would have to take something like brown rice and pea protein, and then you would have all essential amino acids, all nine of them, but the absorption of those plant proteins is going to be so much lower. It's going to be like 15 to 20% because these plants have a lot of defense mechanisms like oxalates, phylates, lectins, which inhibit digestion and make it hard on our GI tract. So animal sources for the win, they have all essential amino acids and they are a far superior source based on bioavailability, aka absorption. Now, let's talk about fatty acids. Again, essential, essential, essential means you must obtain them from the nutrition from your diet. So the two essential fatty acids are omega-3 and omega-6. These fats are referred to as polyunsaturated fatty acids, also called PUFAs for short. So omega-6 is linolenic acid and omega-3 is alpha linolenic acid. So people in the Western world, we have far too much omega-6. It's literally in everything, all your packaged goods, salad dressings, even organic, cooking at restaurants, you will find omega-6 everywhere. Sunflower, soft flour, soy, corn, canola, Those are the ones you really want to look out for. And even on organic nuts, it'll be like GMO-free, organic, and you flip it over, it's got canola or it's got soy. So be your own educated consumer. And if you're buying packaged stuff, flip it over and read the ingredients. The ingredients that are at the top of the list are the most common. And then the least common are obviously at the bottom. So Omega-6, far too much omega-6. We need more omega-3 because people aren't obtaining that much omega-3. People aren't, you know, eating all the wild-caught fish, taking the cod liver oil, eating the eggs. And the beautiful thing about omega-3 is they are have an anti-inflammatory effect on the body. And with inflammation being the root cause for most diseases, it's so important that we eat more anti-inflammatory foods for the overall ecosystem of the body and for long-term health, vitality, life force, and to feel our best. Now, when people have like vegan or vegetarian sources, people are like, okay, well, I'm going to have my chia seeds or I'm going to have my flax seeds because those are high in omega-3 for a vegetarian or vegan source. So it's the same thing when it comes to the amino acids, the absorption is really low. So with the omega-3, it's, I'm going to geek out a little bit here, but it's the conversion of two acids we are really concerned with. It's DHA and EPA. DHA and EPA, which we get from fish oil. So when you do the conversion, I'm going to simplify it, of chia seeds or flax seeds, the conversion is so low. It's like 5%. So it's best, even if you 
you know, you're just starting to incorporate more animal products or a little bit of fish here and there. You got to work, you got to watch out for fish because of the heavy metals, specifically the big fish like mercury or swordfish. They do care, they live a long life. They're bigger fishes and, you know, they can potentially have a lot of mercury in them. And if you're eating, you know, tuna and all those types of tuna and swordfish, especially regularly, that mercury, mercury can accumulate in your body, in your nervous system and it's not good okay so when it comes to getting omega-3 make sure you get it from a trusted source a trusted uh a trusted making sure the the fish is wild caught or making sure it's like a fermented cod liver oil and even grass-fed beef they will have omega-3 as well Okay, so now let's get into what this episode is really all about. Let's talk about those essential carbohydrates. Oh, wait, there are no essential carbohydrates, right? There are no essential carbohydrates to eat. There are no essential carbohydrates you are required to eat. Why? Because your body can make carbohydrates via the liver internally internally via the liver. This process is referred to as gluconeogenesis and it refers to the production of glucose made within the body. So what happens is say your nutrition is lower in carbohydrates, you're maybe dabbling into more of a high fat ketogenic lifestyle or you're trying carnivore or you're just like reducing the carbs. Maybe you're going really low carb, okay? Your body is a very intelligent machine. It can take the protein, those amino acids, those Christmas lights, and in the liver, it can convert those amino acids into glucose, into sugar, via the liver, as I already said. And this is referred to, again, if you want the scientific term, gluconeogenesis. Because there are parts of our body that do require glucose, particularly particularly red blood cells, the cornea of the eye, and the kidney medulla. So what does this mean? This means that carbs are not essential to eat. (laughs) They are not an essential macronutrient to eat, unlike protein and fat. Because your body, the liver, can make glucose from protein, from amino acids. So we don't need to be eating loads and loads and loads and loads of carbs like the standard American diet where it's, it's carb-heavy and really nutrient-void. Now, that's not to say you shouldn't eat carbs. In order to create a lifestyle and not another diet, it's about designing a nutrition plan that you feel you're best at and still provides results. Some people like having carbs pre or post-workout. They get a better pump on or they like having it after they train for recovery. Some people will refeed with carbs in the evening, once a week, twice a week, three times a week. Whatever works for you is specific for you. And the only way to determine what works for you is through experimenting with yourself. Again, it's about that lifestyle component. And what I like to offer to my clients is a collection of strategies 
you do in conjunction with one another that build on top of each other that you learn everything about your body, the ecosystem of your body, what works for you, what doesn't, how much carbs you like, how much protein you like, all of the things and your nutrition program, your health journey is going to be completely specific and individualized for you. So when women become fat fueled, you know, you feel so good running off of fat opposed to carbs. It's like this magic switch goes off in your body and you're like, F yeah, I feel so, so amazing. My energy rocks, my skin is glowing. It's like, why haven't I done this sooner? But as I said, it's about designing a lifestyle for you. It's about choosing the right carbs, the right carbs for no one else. Maybe you can tolerate gluten, maybe you can't. Maybe nightshades work for you, maybe they don't. You know, maybe you can do beans, maybe not. Like every body and every digestive system is unique unique to that person, right? So it's about, you know, choosing the right carbs and cycling carbs into your nutrition that makes you feel your best, supports your digestion, and creates healthy transit time. So with healthy transit time, let's talk about fiber. So with carbs, they contain fiber. Now, our bodies do not digest fiber. And you've most likely heard that fiber helps bulk your stool. Now with fiber, fiber is found in carbohydrates and are recom- and is recommended to feed healthy, I want to emphasize healthy gut bacteria. However, many, many, many people, whether they're aware of it or not, have some form of gut imbalance. And a lot of people have bacteria overgrowth, bad bacteria in the wrong places. So too much bacteria where it shouldn't be. Specifically in the small intestine, small intestines, this is referred to as SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. So in cases like this, it's actually best to not feed the gut bacteria because it's in the wrong place and it's the bad bacteria so we don't want to feed it to have it proliferate and grow more. So depending on, again we're also unique and individualized, depending on potential symptoms, what's going on in your body, your digestive capacity, that will determine what carbs should be removed and when I say removed I mean for a period of time. When you eliminate suspect foods, it's usually four to six weeks and that will get, that will get, be a good gauge of how your body feels, whether you're removing gluten, whether you're removing dairy, whether you're removing nightshades, whether you're removing lectins and beans, whatever it is. That will be enough time for you to really do inventory on your body and see how you feel removing suspect foods and then you can add them back in and if you're like, okay, I removed that and I feel okay, you can incorporate it, but you won't know how good you feel until you remove it. Or maybe it doesn't really cause that much of a, maybe you remove it and then you help support your leaky gut or whatever digestive imbalance you have. And then you can incorporate an after, after you've strengthened your stomach acid or whether you've, you know, killed off the bad bacteria in your small intestine, right? So, Really, when it comes down to it, a gut health protocol is 
really going to be again so specific to you and your body and I'm going to be doing an entire episode on gut health coming up because I'm going to be launching my course called gut health glow and it's all about you guessed it gut health and the necessary steps to take to eventually glow from the inside out because Hippocrates said it best All diseases start in the gut and many people are unaware of how much the integrity of the gut could be affecting everything from brain fog to um, energy to mood to digestion to bloating to all of it. So that is everything for today's episode. Look out for that episode Gut Health Glow probably be dropping the next couple weeks. One thing I want to leave you with today, remember you cannot shame your way to wellness and you cannot obsess your way into health. Where your intention goes, your energy flows, take it one day at a time. Thanks for hanging out with me and I will catch all you beautiful souls next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you feel you got some extra value from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could head over to Apple Podcast or whatever service you are listening to this podcast on, drop a five-star review. Let me know your thoughts on the show. Doing this really helps more people like yourself find the podcast. And if you're not already following me on social media, right now is the time. You can find me on Instagram at Marja Chow for all your nutrition tips, tricks, and inspiration, or visit my website at fatfueledfemale.com where you can download my free seven-day keto meal plan with recipes. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I will catch you next week.